All right. So episode 28, I believe, right? That's right. All right. This is the Mavs podcast with Al at home and Matt's at home. And uh, day after the draft, doing a quick draft recap. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, looks like everyone's saying the Mavs got their man. So let's see. Things we got right. Uh, the, the Neela Kina thing was a smoke screen. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, things we got wrong, uh, Orlando did not take Dennis Smith, which I had predicted. <laughs> so, um, let's go through, let's go through the draft, uh, emotions really quick. You know, the first five were pretty much, we knew what they were. And then it got to six with Orlando. And we probably won't know this, but I definitely felt it was Dennis Smith or Jonathan Isaac for them. And then they right. took Isaac. Now, the exciting part about this pick was because we already knew about the Minnesota-Chicago trade at that point. Yeah. And with Chicago getting Chris Dunn back, having traded for Cameron Payne last season – I was pretty confident that it was going to be Malik Monk or a big for them. And mm-hmm. so it, it really came down to this Orlando pick and they picked Isaac. Um, what were your thoughts at that moment? I was pretty excited. Uh, I was a little surprised. I thought, um, I thought Isaac, like I said yesterday, I, I wasn't sure how he would fit in there with all the forwards that they already have, but. You know, uh, like you said, they have a new GM and maybe just kind of putting a stamp on the thing and we're going to take the best player. So, um, I, I was surprised, but I was also like, okay, so that means, you know, Monk, Monk and Smith are still out there. And that was, uh, those were, I wanted to get one of those two guys and obviously the Aaron Fox I also liked, but I figured he would be a top four or five guy. That was a long shot. Right, right. So then. Then the Bulls take Markin in, and I'm like, whoa, that, <laughs> yeah. that was our, that was the whole, you know, a lot of podcasts were saying, uh, there's always like a shocker pick. And that was easily the shocker pick at that moment because then that guaranteed us basically having to make a decision. We were going to have to make a decision, which right. was between two of the players, two of the three. And my fear was that the Knicks then, and, and I actually felt it. I had feared the Knicks take Dennis Smith. And right. we are picking between Monk and Neil Aquina, and I'm just kind of like not as excited. And then I was thinking they're going to take Monk. And so really we're going to be picking between Dennis Smith and Neil Aquina. And I just was still actually finding myself pulling for Dennis Smith at that point. And then they picked Neil Aquina. And I was like, it's got to be Smith now. And um, checked my Twitter feed. And, of course, Woj, or actually it was uh, Sham, had it already picked as uh, Smith being the pick. So pretty exciting. I, I think it's pretty interesting. As, as we got closer, most media outlets were actually rooting for the Dennis Smith pick before it was picked. So... That was kind of interesting, too. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on everything? 
Well, I mean, I couldn't believe, I don't know what the Bulls are doing at this point. I mean, I thought that was an awful trade for them and a great trade for Minnesota. But from a Mavs perspective, it worked out really well. Um, yeah. And really excited that Neil Aquino wasn't even out there. So that, you know, once I saw him go off the board, I was going to be happy either way, you know, whether it was Smith or Monk. And I think uh, Smith, you know, if you think about the best point guards the Mavericks have had, you know, obviously Jason Kidd's up there, Steve Nash, and you can go back to, like, Derek Harper. You know, they haven't had yeah. a guy as explosive athletically as Dennis Smith. So right there, I mean, there's something very different for Mavericks fans, is that this is a guy that's going to get to the rim and throw it down, you know? And yeah, you that's, know, that's pretty exciting. I agree. I agree. I, I just never had a point guard, even – a backup like that. And um, he was getting a lot of uh, Francis, Russell Westbrook type comparisons. But a guy not mentioned, which I think is kind of fitting, is uh, Damian Lillard, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. As a really good athlete, really good scorer. And then you wonder why he's not as good on defense because he has the athletic ability good and so um hopefully that improves and uh, you know everyone was speaking really positively about the pick uh, in the Mavs organization you know from Rick Carlisle to Donnie to Finley um everything was like over the top but yeah Carlisle who I mean we've all said he I mean there hasn't been a I don't know if there's been a rookie since he's been here that he's liked a whole lot and, and has wanted to play. And he said yesterday, you know, he's, he's very likely going to be the starter next year. That's point yeah. the point. So for him to throw that out there, you know, I, I, I don't take that lightly. Like to, to me, it's like, wow, that means Carlisle's pretty high on the guy and, and wants him to succeed. And, um, and that's exciting if you're a Mavericks fan because this is not a place where rookies are necessarily or younger players have necessarily done well. And, you know, maybe this is part of the rebuilding process. He's accepted that, okay, these young guys are going to have to play, but I think it's great he's uh, fired up about Dennis Smith. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, and it might have been relative to the process. Like, to your point yesterday, you were like, you know, what if they double down on, on just development and end up with a Neil Aquina and trade back in and get a Harry Giles? That's that that is pushing our rebuild so far away, and I wonder if through the draft process, Carlisle's like looking at what his next couple two three years could be like, and Dennis Smith is just so much further along than Neil Aquina, and it's like, it, you know, it, it's a it's like being graded on a curve. So I, I'm wondering if like the prospect of Coaching a team led by really wouldn't be led by Neil Aquino. They need to go get another point guard. Just kind of shifted Carlisle's perspective a little bit and was like, "Look, I could I could mold this guy in a way like Popovich molded Kawhi into like a top ten player, you know." And that he just got excited yeah. about that, and that became like the really the the best pick for the Mavs of. I would say, like, outside of 
yeah, outside the top five, like they could argue like that was the pick, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think Malik Monk going at number 11 to Charlotte was a pretty big get for Charlotte. You know, that was, Well, that's that a, was good a good get, game. but I'm talking about top players in the draft. They could argue that they got – it was like they had the sixth pick in the draft. Is what I'm oh, I got you, yes. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was surprised he was available. I kind of thought Monk might be available, but I, yeah. I thought Smith would be gone at that point. And so, well, and my other fear was that somebody would just jump ahead of us and take them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, with that all said, that was our only pick last night. Yep. Um, and that was pretty disappointing to me overall. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think uh, as the second round got going and the fact that they were selling picks for $3 million a pop, and you're talking about the deepest draft in years, why why wouldn't you go back in and get, like, Harkenstein and Jordan L and the kid from SNU? Like, why? I would have just threw the money out there. I was like, let's get them all, you know? Yeah, and, and you wonder about that, what the, what the thinking was behind that, because that's a really, that's a really low price, and then it's also going to be a really low price contract for, yeah. you know, a guy, you know, a couple of guys out there might be ready to play pretty immediately because, uh. Yeah, you're breaking up on me. Oh. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. You know, with all the freshmen that went in the first round, in the second round, there were probably a lot of guys out there who could really play immediately. You know, they're the guys who played three, four years in college and, and maybe had, you know, more of a direct impact. Now, now maybe it went the other way and the Mavericks thought, hey, let's build this kind of one piece at a time. Let's really focus on integrating Smith and not worry about the other guys and that. I, I have no idea, but yeah, I, I kept waiting for them to jump in, especially because there was a lot of pick movement in the late first and, and second round as you just saw people kind of swapping picks or, you know, teams jumping back in. I think the Clippers got in on the act. The Warriors bought a player. So, yeah. you know. Hey, but that was, that was painfully disappointing for a team that prides itself on money not being like an obstacle for them. And it's like, here are all these players with potential first round grades and you're just, you're just sitting it out saying, hey, we like the 61st pick a lot. We did really – like, I, I get really annoyed that, okay, Yogi Ferrell and Dorian Finney-Smith were great last year, and they were free agent pickups. That's great. Hey, the Motley kid from Baylor's great. That's great. But guess what? It's like, look at the rest of your roster. Like, I'd rather have the kid from SMU than uh, uh, Powell. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd rather have uh you know, they could have made a play for Frank Mason. I mean that kid is awesome. And it's just like I don't I just don't know what they're thinking is unless it was kinda setting up the subtle tank again. You know? Yeah, right. Is let's not let's not get too many good players tonight to where next year we are too good. I don't know, but you know, who knows if any of those guys are really going to be 
impactful in any way. And, and going back to your point about the undrafted guys we have, I think they are rated as good or great relative to how we got them. You know, yeah. if, Yogi, if Yogi Ferrell was the 21st pick in the draft, he would have been considered a bust. And then they picked him up and he was pretty good. So yeah. it's it's all relative to the sort of Well, and the thing it. is, guess what? Yogi Ferrell might get cut, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah. That's, it, it's, that's the annoying part is just like, quit hanging your hat on like these one methods and just go after it. And I wish, I hope in the next few days we hear a little more of why they did not get at least two seconds. But it, I mean, even one, like, Parkenstein would have been a great pick. He's a German kid. Play with Dirk. I mean, he's got a nice shot. Like, ah, Parkenstein's already better than Dwight Powell. <laughs> <laughs> You're really down on Dwight Powell. I am. Yeah, it's just the psychology of Dwight Powell. I I, I just don't like his lack of, of confidence. It's, it's not good for the team, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But, uh... But yeah, I mean, so let's look at this starting lineup next year. I think they're going to go. I think they're going to roll out Dirk at the at the four and Barnes at the three, and to start the games and Noel at the five, and then you got to guess Dennis Smith and Wesley Matthews in the backcourt. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid starting five. That's that's a pretty exciting young three there with two strong veterans. Um, yeah. That's that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. That's that's really not not a bad group. Um, and and yeah, a few three guys who are pretty young and and pretty good. And then coming off the bench, you know, you're still going to have Barea here. Uh, Devin Harris is a free agent, but I think he wants to stick around. Uh, the aforementioned Dwight Powell, and then you've got you know you get to your Finney Smith and Yogi Ferrell, and uh, who, who else are we forgetting? Seth Curry. Oh, yeah, Seth Curry. Yeah, he's going to play quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, nothing about that bench really impresses me <laughs> other than Seth Curry. I, I think yeah. we're, six, we're pretty much six deep, and I, I'm going to be really interested to see what we do with our cap room as we head into July. I could see us kind of sitting out trying to cherry pick a little bit like the Patriots do and uh, you know maybe get somebody on the cheap for somebody trying to clear cap room Um, something like that may happen to where we get I mean maybe we get like a Ben McLemore and try to make that a reclamation project I don't know but outside of Berea and Curry I feel like we have nothing right I mean Solemn Mesri, love the guy. Right, yeah, like okay, Solemn Mesri, he's big, whatever, but yeah, I mean no, there's nothing there's nothing to get too excited about. I mean, and those guys will have nights. I mean Berea's gonna have his games like we oh, see yeah. in Dallas where you know, he he wins us the game pretty much. But um I don't see having anybody come off the bench and I don't see anybody in the bench outside of Curry that you could say, all right, this is a long-term kind of piece that, that's going to be here, you know, in the future. I, I agree. And I think that's uh, probably the only, you know, that combined with our second-round sit-out 
is just puzzling to me right now. I'm just kind of like, they're going to say, oh, we've got a lot of depth. And it's like, you know, after your sixth man, you essentially have like eight 11th men on the team, you know? Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. But that's why we're not going to be a great team because any injury to that starting five or, or anybody sitting out and all of a sudden one of those guys has to play heavy minutes. You know, or you are just playing, you know, because Dirk, you're going to have to play him only like 25 minutes. You know, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't run him out there for 40 minutes at a time. So, you know, Measuring's going to play, and Kenny Smith is going to play, and uh, Dwight Powell's going to play. So, and that's where maybe they try to find something else, or they just sort of reconfigure lineups when Dirk is out and, and Barnes slides over to the four, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think our our best hope is that, like I said, we get in on one of these cap-clearing moves for one of these teams going after somebody, and we end up, you know, but that's the thing. Like, what if we ended up with a Danny Green? I don't want Danny Green. You know, now we're, like, trying to compete again or something, you know? And Yeah, we really don't need to, like... We might need a couple role players if we want to maybe solidify the bench a little bit, but I'm actually okay with the Mavericks going into the season with kind of the, the roster we just described, which is essentially last year plus Dennis Smith. Yeah. Because, you know, it's all right. We're going to be a little, uh, we're probably going to be about the same as we were this past year. And hopefully we get better as the year wears on. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if things aren't going well early on, if, if Wes Matthews is on the trading block, just in an effort to maybe pick up an extra pick. So if Smith is doing really well, if Nerland so well is it selling here, you, you get another good pick from a Wes Matthews trade. Now you've got maybe two first-rounders next year, and you can really accelerate your youth move. Okay, i got to trade for you. All right. All right, let's say the Spurs are, like, hot and heavy for Chris Paul or Paul Millsap or something. Okay. And they just need to clear cap room, and they call you up. We'll just give you LaMarcus for a second rounder. Just get them <laughs> off our books. Just get them off our books. Do you, just What do you do? I think I'm saying no to that. Wow. Wow. Well, because here's why, is that it lessens minutes where Nerland Noel is going to play. Yeah. And it lessens his development. And really, long-term, are we – I mean, I think the Spurs just proved that building around the Marcus Aldridge is not something you necessarily want to do. And if he is, like rumors say, he's just unhappy in San Antonio, I think he's the first guy ever to be unhappy in San Antonio. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I said wow, but um the truth is he is he actually has recently this this hasn't been publicized, but he recently graduated from the uh Dwight Howard uh public relations institute. And so his 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 career is like totally headed in the toilet. I mean I, I don't see where I mean He's just kind of arrogant about his game and how the game's kind of passed him by a little bit. And um, I just don't see it ending well. This isn't going to end well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and it's interesting because I think if he had been drafted by the Spurs, he'd probably be better, and he'd have probably a better attitude about everything. Yeah. Versus kind of going to Portland, and it's like, hey, you're the man here. And, you know, and he was. He put up quite a bit, uh, you know, some big numbers, but... This is where you have to, I mean, this may seem out of left field, but you got to give Chris Bosch a lot of credit because yeah. he went to Toronto and was in that exact same situation. Yeah. And then he was able to go to Miami and it's like, hey, look, wait, wait, and LeBron are better than me. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be a really, really good third guy on, on a couple of championship teams. But he was able to do that with just no – you never heard the bad things about Chris Bosch out there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think in hindsight, he he looks a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I think at the time, I, I saw him definitely as kind of just a little bit weak. But um, especially when he started crying after the finals, that was awkward. But um, – <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I respect him a lot more now. Seeing how Lamarcus Aldridge has just been a train wreck since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got another. I got another one for you. Okay. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, four years, forty-eight million. Oh, not a bad deal. Is that twelve million a year? Oh yeah. I mean, but what do we get for that? Like, is that I, it's a I don't free know agent? I do that. Yeah, free agent. Yeah, it's free agent move. That's what we're getting. If I could <laughs> do like two years, twenty-four million, I might do that. Yeah, because I don't yeah. want four years of Tim Hardaway Jr. Well, I like his length. You know, I think he's like six-five. Nice. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not a bad player. I just don't know if I am like, oh, sweet, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, uh, is, cause, I don't know, is he, is he that much better than like, well, he's probably a better defender than Seth Curry. Sure, yeah. He's, but not, not rangy. better offensively, right? Probably about um, the same offensively. He's a little more streaky. I think Seth's a, a lot more consistent than Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we just saved that money for Seth, especially with uh, the way the salary cap's going. Um, I, yeah. I would be intrigued, though, if we could get Hardaway Jr. on the cheap, like let's say the money dries up. But if we could get him on the cheap, Atlanta would probably match it. So this has just been a terrible exchange. This this exchange carries no value. Uh, We could we could could edit this out of the podcast if if you want. All right. Um, But let me think. Well, we could save this all for another podcast. So overall, my thoughts are: love the pick. That was probably the best pick we could have had realistically happen. Yeah, and. I, I hated the rest of the draft for the Mavericks because uh, I felt like we could have played all our chips last night um, and really refueled the bottom of the roster than than what it is now with these like D League D League projects, you know? Yeah. Now you've got yeah. There were so many good players in there that you could have had on the team for a few years. 
and seeing how they develop and make a decision about them then. And maybe they feel like there's still decisions to be made about some of the guys on the roster. I don't know. Or maybe, do we know? I, I had not heard if they've signed anybody, any free agents today. Uh, I saw a tweet about Donnie saying that Motley was, they're pretty sure they're getting Motley from Baylor. So, See, and that, I mean, that's a guy that some said was a first-round pick. No, I, I like him a lot. There was rumors last night that his medicals came back pretty bad, and that's why yeah. uh, that's why he slipped basically to go undrafted. So I I like him, but like I said, for three million bucks, I'd rather have the the small forward from SMU, uh, Alige, what's his name? Ojolay. Ojolay. Yeah, I'd rather have Ojolay. Yeah. But, okay, I will stop complaining. That's my taste <laughs> Uh Do you have uh, any countering opinions on last night? Um, no, I think, I guess I wasn't as disappointed. I think I would have been more disappointed if that pick was Nilakina and that was all we got. But yeah, I think with Dennis which we Smith, did discuss, yeah. Yeah, so like with Dennis Smith, we got the impact guy we wanted. You know, the, the cherry on top would have been kind of sneaking into the second round and picking up another quality guy, but that didn't happen for whatever reason. And so, you know, the Mavericks got a little better last night, and that's all we really did as, uh, that's what you kind of hope for going into any draft. And I can't say over the last several drafts, the Mavericks, Mavericks fans can say that. No, I agree. And, you know, bottom line, this is the first time in a long time that the Mavs have acquired a player where you're, legitimately thinking to yourself, yeah, he can be a, a, like a, a year-to-year all-star. Like, Harrison Barnes, he might have a year. Nerland's Noel, he might have one year. He gets in. But, like, I'm like, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. could be a top-ten player for, you know, eight, nine years. You know what I mean? Uh, and Yeah, I agree. And And from an athleticism standpoint, the thing I got excited about is when you think about going up against Russell Westbrook or James Harden or, you know, any number, you know, uh, Chris Paul or Steph Curry, any number of these guys out there, these great guards that are in the league right now. Now you've got a guy that maybe defensively it hasn't shown to be great, but at least athletically he could stay in front of these guys. And that's something yeah. that not every team can say, and certainly not the Mavericks <laughs> over the last several years, because Westbrook especially has just torched them. No, it's true. I think uh, in the past, our athletic guys have literally been, like, the worst basketball players. Like, they just, they were just all numbers, but they they didn't even know how to play basketball. So, so you're right. This is the first guy we're going to roll out there and be ready to be, like, for him to, like, punk other players, which we really have not had that maybe ever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, probably not. It's generally like, oh, maybe Roddy B will surprise them until they figure him out. But it was never like, uh, no, like Dennis Smith is going to punk some players and and good players. Like, just I'm going to steal it from you and dunk on you or something like that. Like, he's going right. to do that against all stars, and people yeah. are going to be like, what? And that's that's exciting because it gets us away from the. Uh, soft image that, you know, Tyson Chandler used to talk about, like how they always viewed the maps before he came here. So, right, uh, yeah, a, a finesse team, 
you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I have to agree with that. So if we were only going to pick one player, that was definitely the pick to make. And uh, as Mavs fans, hey, there's plenty to be excited about. Yeah, I agree. All right. So I think, uh, you know, next week's free agency. So we will uh, pick up the podcast next week. Yep. Please keep sending your uh, your questions in to uh, DMAF Podcast or ask DMAF Podcast on Twitter. Um, and then Mavs Podcast at Gmail. I'm Al Fidham. You're Mavs Fidham. And that's it, right? That's it. This is DMAF Podcast. <laughs> Until next, next week. If we do, an, if we get enough questions, we will do a uh, mailbag next week as well. All right. All right. Take care, man. All right. See ya. Okay. Bye.